Good morning, afternoon, or evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Little Light Devotions. It's so good to have you guys tuning in once again. This is the first episode um, where, like, we are, like, completely ready to, like, we're on Spotify now. Like, bro, this is, this is big. This is grandiose. This is gargantuan. I'm so excited uh, for this to happen, and I really appreciate all the support from all my friends, family, and other listeners that have been encouraging me in this little project that I have. It's something that I'm very passionate about, just getting the Word of God out to people in manageable time periods uh, about aspects of everyday life. And something that we see in everyday life, especially in a lot of uh, evangelicalism, Christianity, is that folks tend to get the freedom in Christ mixed up with a few certain things. Um, Some certain groups will try to just totally throw out the whole freedom in Christ thing and try to just build their own theocracy and make their churches more of like a compound, right? And then there are some groups of people that will say that the freedom just encompasses everything and that there really are no sins and that everything from, I don't know, getting drunk to homosexuality to whatever else, perfectly acceptable and completely theologically okay. However, that's just, neither of those two extremes is where the Bible puts itself. And I think that if we want to say that we are, you know, being true Christians, where we are trying to follow after what the Bible says, then we should actually put some effort into what, knowing what the Bible says about this sort of thing. Now, specifically in my generation, you see a lot of this idea of the latter half of, well, if Christ has set us free and Jesus was just all about love and all this stuff, then uh, all those things about sin and whatever, that's not really that big of a deal. We don't got to worry about it. And I, I really would disagree based off a, n- a number of reasons, but we're not going to go through and belabor this for two hours, you know, that we're going to try to get out of here in like 20 minutes. So how are we going to walk through this idea that balancing the freedom you have in Christ without using the freedom in Christ to do just a bunch of sin. So when I'm talking about freedom in Christ, I'm talking about you individually as a Christian have the freedom to make choices for yourself. You individually, uh, you are a priest. We are all priests, the Bible says. We are all priesthood of a, uh, of a, a royal priesthood of, of a nation of God. We have authority in our own lives, just as Christians, if you are a believing, professing Christian, you are a priest of God. And so that has some certain connotations. That means you are, in effect, the ruler over your own temple. Now, God is the ruler over you, and so you must be subject to God, but you are the ruler over your own temple. And so you are able to draw boundaries as to where you would desire in order that it helps you follow God. Like, for instance, it says in the Bible that getting drunk is a sin, but it does not say that alcohol within and of itself is just a sin. And so with that, a Christian might say, I'm never going to touch it, so that way I don't ever have the temptation of getting drunk. And another Christian might say, I'm going to use that liberty to drink a beer. Those are perfectly acceptable areas to be in. And like how 1 Corinthians says, the person who has the more strict standard should not Uh, judge the one with the more loose standard, and the one with the more loose standard shouldn't despise the one with the more strict standard. But with, with those standards in play, there is still this idea that sin still abounds, because I used the, uh, the topic of alcohol intentionally, because with alcohol, it doesn't matter where you put your line at. You, if you get drunk, if you get inebriated, that's a sin, and that's just in scripture. It doesn't matter what way you play it. So we can have, you know, this 
backyard, this playground to play in, but God still puts up a fence around that yard. And we have to know where that fence line is so that way we don't cross it, so that way it doesn't take us out of communication and out of a relationship with God. And no, I'm not saying that sinning makes you lose your salvation. But if you just keep living in a constant state of sin, well, we'll get into that. Because I don't want to keep rambling on about my opinions. I want to take you to the Bible of where I'm getting this stuff from. So we're going to be in 2 Peter chapter 2, verse number 20, uh, for this first part. Uh, and it starts off with this. For if after they had escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord, Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled therein and overcome, the latter end is worse with them than the beginning. For it had been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than after they have known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered unto them. But it is happened unto them according to the true proverb, the dog is turned to his own vomit again, and the sow that has washed to her wallowing in the mire. Obviously, that one was a little bit of King James going on there. Uh, but the gist of the verse is, if you're saved from Christ, you should not be returning back to the sins that beset you beforehand. And Peter akins it to like this, like a dog going back and eating its vomit, or a pig going and wallowing in its own mire. Like, it's, it's a disgusting imagery. But that's because that's how we should be viewing sin, is going back to it constantly. That's It should be disgusting to us. It shouldn't be a thing that we look at as, oh, that's perfectly fine. That's a problem. That's a serious issue. And so where do we find that line? So I, I do have a vehement disagreement with the more liberal Christians that say, oh, because we're free in Christ, there's not really sin. And I understand that's a little bit of an exaggeration, but there are, like, you know, the Church of Christ denomination. Like, there are people out there that'll get up there and say, oh, God is perfectly fine with things just like getting drunk and throwing it around and being gay. You know, like I, I, I understand that you should never despise people or hate people and you should always treat them kindly and with respect. All these things, no matter what sin they're caught up in, it doesn't matter. You need to love them at all times. But that doesn't mean you have to approve of their behavior. It just doesn't. And we need to get this out of our heads as Christians. So how do we knowing that obviously we can't be on one end of just absolute wantonness, um, how can we then balance and not fall into a trap of legalism so that way we can just be truly following after Christ and not following after a bunch of laws and rules? And this is where the wonderful passage of Galatians 5 comes in. So we're going to start in Galatians 5, 1, and it just... It starts off really, really plainly. It was for freedom that Christ set us free. Bada bing, bada boom. Christ came to set us free. But free from what? Therefore, keep standing firm and do not be subject again to the yoke of slavery. What is this yoke of slavery? And now there's a bunch of other verses between that first verse and the verse that I want to get to. But ultimately, I'm going to kind of summarize up the whole book of Galatians. Is that the church at Galatia was... Um, under the influence of this group called the Judaizers. And this was a group that was saying that, yeah, you had to have faith in Christ, but you also got to uh, do these works as well from the Old Testament law. Uh, and Paul was just like, what? Where did that come from? He's like, the whole point of Jesus coming was so that we just put your faith in him. You lean on him and you let him take away your sin. You confess, the ma confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. What happened to that? And that kind of is just the book of Galatians of Paul being like, what? 
So from verse 2 to verse 11 to verse 12, he's kind of just going on about just how frustrated he is that like this whole thing about the circumcision, that's not okay. And you guys, like those teachers need to castrate themselves, literally says that. And then he gets to verse 13. It says, for you were called to freedom, brethren, only do not turn your freedom into an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. So what's the point of freedom? The point of freedom is to give yourself a wider variety to serve other people, right? Okay, bear with me. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word, in the statement, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And even Jesus says this as well. So this is Paul going back to Jesus, and Jesus got this from the Old Testament. The Bible is one big story, amen? Verse 15, but if you bite and devour one another, take care that you are not consumed by one another. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. For the flesh sets itself, so this is a part of the yoke of bondage, is the sin of holding on to something that's not Christ, whether that be your rules or your sin. And Paul kind of tackles both in this passage. Earlier, he was talking about all the rules. Hey, 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 you can't be doing all this with the rules. And I have an episode on neo-fundamentalism of just people adding more rules. And it's the reason why I can't join things like the Catholic or the Orthodox churches because they're so focused on rules as not like it's not just faith. It's also faith plus something. So I can't get I can't vibe with those guys. But I have I have an episode about that already of why just having a bunch of rules is bad. At the same time, here today, we're going to be talking about why the lack of rules is also like personal rules is also a really bad idea. Because here's the thing. Because if you walk in the spirit, you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. For the flesh sets a desire against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. For these are in opposition to one another so that you may not do the things you please. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Now the deeds of the flesh are evident. Here he goes. This is what he were talking about. This is exactly the whole shebang of what not to do as a Christian. So, Even theologically speaking, there are boundaries that even the Bible places in the New Testament of what not to do. Here are some of them. Immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmities, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, disputes, dissensions, factions, envying, drunkenness, carousing, and things like these, of which I forewarn you, just as I have forewarned you, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. So like Paul says, if you are characterized by these things, instead of being characterized by being baptized by the blood of Christ, having the Holy Spirit baptism in your life, and you're characterized by these things, you have not confessed with your mouth the Lord Jesus, given yourself to salvation, and you are still characterized by these things. And mind you, you, you can know whether or not you're truly saved if you do not have, like, if you continue in sin and you're struggling with sin after you get saved, that's one thing. Paul is talking about here, if you're just living in this stuff and have no conviction and this stuff defines you, you just can't be saved because the Holy Spirit cannot live inside a person that just has, is totally okay with all these things that are listed. And these are not just like cool sins. You know, these are just like, ah, you know, I told a little, I told a little white lie one time, you know, whatever. That's, that's not what I'm talking about. You know, you can eventually live that down, right? But if you just get drunk constantly, or if your entire life is characterized by immorality, just constantly sleeping around or having a horrible you know, internet record, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, I don't know, whatever you're doing out there. And even, even that, a lot of times Christians are totally cool with a lot of things like, I don't know, astrology and all things like that. Look, that's just that's just not our realm. God tells us to not be with that. So just for the sake between you and God, 
don't do that. And if you think that's totally chill or even that God uses it, I'm going to call that a false teaching and a heretic. All right? Sue me. And even things like enmities, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, disputes, dissensions, factions. If your entire life is just surrounded by just getting ticked off at people and you don't care about that at all and your entire spirit is just like, whatever, they've done me wrong all the time. I'm going to keep making problems just to get my end of the thing, my, my end of the deal to get better than everybody else's. Then there's clearly a divide between you and God. Again, I'm not saying works lead to salvation. I literally just said that like two minutes ago about the Catholics. What I'm saying, though, is that if you have no desire to change your works, are you truly saved? Are you truly saved if the Holy Spirit does not come and convict you about these things in your life? And these are the desires of the flesh. And if you keep feeding into these desires of the flesh and you don't feed into the desires of the Spirit, then you have no spirit. In order for you to have a spirit, here's what it says further in verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. So here's the thing. Everything from like uh, verse 19 to verse 21, it says the deeds of the flesh. These are things that you do. These are things that you conjure up in your mind. These are things you conjure up in your heart that you do, that you act out. They're like sins, right? Verse 22, it says, but the fruit of the Spirit. And I love the way that it words that because it says the fruit you don't make an apple tree make apples you know you don't see a lemon tree out in the backyard straining itself to pop up lemons out of nowhere that's just not how fruit works it's just a natural part of life it comes out if if you have the things coming in that are proper you're gonna be producing the things that are proper right and I love the way it's worded. I don't like when pastors say, oh, we're going to talk about the fruits of the Spirit. No, it's the fruit of the Spirit. Like when you look at an apple, you don't sit there and say, well, I have, I have the skin and I have the flesh and I have the core and I have the seeds. You don't talk about all of the aspects of the apple. You just say, I have an apple. Here is the, all the aspects of the fruit of the Spirit. It's the love. It's the joy. It's the peace. It's the patience. It's the kindness. It's the goodness. It's the faithfulness. It's the gentleness. It's the self-control. All of these things encompass the fruit of the Spirit. It makes up the fruit of the Spirit. You can't have one without the other. You know what seedless apples are called? Genetically modified mutated crap, all right? That's not a real apple. A real apple has seeds. A real fruit of the Spirit has all of these things. You try to take one out, you don't have a real fruit anymore. And this is the balance we need to strike as Christians. We can't just be riding this line of, well, I might be saved, but I'm not going to be doing these things. That's just not where you can play. That's just not where it is. You can't just be living in the pleasures that you want to and still be a slave to sin while trying to name and claim the name of Christ. You don't work for your salvation. You work from your salvation. And if you have no desire to work from your salvation, you might want to get that checked up with God as to see whether or not y'all and him are cool. I'm tired of the lazy Christianity that you see from the liberals. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of the lazy Christianity. There's nothing's a sin. Everything's fine. We're all cool. God loves everybody. Bada bing, bada boom. Uh, bow your head, say a word, you're good to go. I don't like that. I think it's dumb. At the same time, I really don't like, as clearly I've made it evident before, I don't like the fundies that just draw rules and rules and rules. I don't like the Catholics that just draw rules and rules and rules. I don't like it. I don't like it. I just want to follow the Bible. 
And what the Bible says is that we are freed. We are able to draw our own boundaries in certain things. But there is a point where the boundary stops. This is the end of the line. This is the hard stop. It doesn't matter. You can have different opinions on certain things. But if you start crossing over the line, like, no, I think I'm going to be a jealous personality. I think I'm going to have a bunch of outbursts of anger. I don't think I need to fix that. Then you're not living in the spirit, man. You want to hold on to the world. You're like the dog that returns to his vomit. And like Second Peter says, it'd be better for you to never have claimed the name of Christ than for you to try to claim it and then just keep living in this sin over and over again. Again, I'm not saying works add to your faith and salvation by any means. But you have to take into account, what are my works? Is this what God wants from me? Because he has, if I'm saved, he has placed his spirit into me. And am I like squandering the fruit that it's supposed to be coming through my life? Or am I letting it grow? Am I letting it, am I, you know, giving it the nutrients it needs in order for the fruit of the spirit to be evident in my life? It's a hard question, and it takes a lot of deep thought and a lifetime of sanctification. You're never going to get it perfect, but you can at least start trying. That's the whole point of Christianity. God loves his, loved his creation so much, he sent his son to die so we could be saved from our sins. And then from that, we don't just get zapped up into heaven. We have a task of to grow in God and to preach the gospel. And we all love that second part. We love telling everybody how to get to heaven. But do we try to sanctify ourselves? Listen, the Bible is more than just the gospel. It also extends into how Christians are to live their lives. Take that. Let it grow. Let those good works flow through you from the fruit of the Spirit. And then at that point is the point where you can sit there and really talk about where you should put your barriers. Thank you so much for tuning in to Little Light Devotions. I know there's probably a lot on your plate, so it means a lot we could take this time together and just talk. If you'd like to connect with me, you can find all of my social media info and business information on linkapp.com slash AC underscore LL. That's L-I-N-Q-A-P-P dot AC underscore LL. Again, thank you so much for listening. I pray God blesses your day and your future. God bless you. I love you. See y'all next time.